Hello and welcome to the First Day in Football Show. I am your host, Tobias Brown. And folks, you like the interviews. We've got another one here for you guys today. I'm going to let my guest introduce himself because, folks, this is sure to be a great one for you guys today. What's going on, guys? Uh, my name is Dana Shoulders, Jr. Uh, from Minnesota, Ohio. I uh, went played football at Bluffton University. It's a D3. And I'm currently uh, playing professional football um, in Omaha, Nebraska for the Omaha Beef. So, Dana, I got to start with... You went to Lexington High School. You and I are obviously familiar with each other, having played yeah. against each other. Kind of a small world, man. But how did you get from Lexington to Bluffton? Honestly, man, got to like the senior my senior year of high school football. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was going to like continue to play. Uh, my first love was actually basketball, but I had a pretty decent senior year. Um, you know, we went relatively far as a, as a team in the playoffs, and I started getting recruited. And you know, eventually I. I found myself at a, at a small D3 school uh, in Bluffton, Ohio. And, you know, Bluffton, for folks who don't know much about Bluffton, it is a very small community. I would say yeah. the college makes up most of the community in, of, in and of itself. Yeah. So can you talk about what is that D3 life like at such a small, you know, kind of community like Bluffton? Yeah. So, um, honestly, it's not – Bluffton's not a place you go if you're, if you're looking for parties um, – Someone like me, you know, I'm not a big partier, so it helped me stay focused. Um, it's a small campus, you know, maybe a thousand kids. So you see a lot of the same faces every day. You know, if if you, you know, you're used to a big like a D1 or even some D2s, it's it's going to be kind of a culture shock for you. But um, I liked it and I feel like I grew a lot as a person there. You know, a lot of people talk about D3. The talent level can't be as good. You know, on this show, we have broken down that barrier where we're here to help educate people. D3 is just as legit as any other level of college football. Can you talk about, you know, specifically to the talent you played with at Bluffton, maybe either it was guys you played with or guys you played against? Yeah. So when I got there as a freshman, part of the reason I chose Bluffton was because they had a guy by the name of Isaac Zikafus, um, and he was on his way to the NFL. Um, and, you know, he had interviews with uh, Detroit and, um, I think it was Indiana, the, the Colts, and things just didn't end up working out for him. But I played, I played with him. I played with some guys um, that are my age that honestly should probably be in the same position as I am right now. Um, and there's some guys that are there that I know are probably going to be in the position I am, or uh, or even better. But yeah, dude, it's we just don't get the publicity that the big D ones get. You know, uh, played with a ton of talent. Um, played against a guy's name Lamar Carswell. Uh, went to Trine University. Um, had a tryout for, with the uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, and then he played overseas for a while. Um, you know, there's there's really there's talent everywhere. You just have to you just have to look for it. And that's you know what I hear from a lot of guys talking D three to D one is the talents there just may be you know instead of being a six four defensive lineman, they were six foot even. And you know, looking at your film, I mean, you've got pretty good size. About what six one two forty five? Oh uh, yeah, just yeah, right there. So can you talk about having that kind of size and, you know, the, the style you play at on the D end, you definitely got some great speed coming off the line. Can you talk about maybe some of the success you had at the D three level that helped springboard you into now your pro career? Honestly, dude, it's, uh, it's part, you know, what I'm able to do as a player. And then I had some phenomenal coaches that put me in, 
in great positions. Um, a guy named Josh Rundo, who's now um, at Iowa State um, coaching there. And then a guy by the name of Devan Hill, who um, he went to school in Virginia, Hampton, Hampton University. It's a, it's a smaller D1. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of other guys that, you know, I don't have time to name, but that really helped put me in, in the right positions. But, uh, yeah, it's basically it. You know, and after your career at Bluffton ended, like you said, you got to continue playing. You're now a professional football player for the Omaha Beef. It's a champions indoor football. Folks who may not be as familiar with it, the Omaha Beef we were talking, they're actually the longest tenured indoor football team in professional football in this country. Can you talk about how they were able to get a hold of you? What was the process of you actually becoming a member of that team? So um, it started out, this was before I had signed with an agent. Um, I put together my film and I was just kind of doing a lot of my own grunt work, really um, just kind of trying to network myself. And I found a, an account on Twitter. It's called Athlete Scouting. And sure enough, it literally, as soon as I clicked on the page and say, you know, offensive and defensive line wanted like send film and if we're interested, we'll contact you. So uh, I sent it in and not even an hour later, um, a guy got a hold of me and connected me with the Omaha Beef and the Green Bay Blizzard. Um, And not too much longer after that, I was just scrolling through Twitter. I clicked on my followers and I saw a guy with a check mark by his name, um, by the name of Marvin Jones. Um, That might be familiar to some of you guys' followers, but he's a college football Hall of Famer, um, played for the Jets for, I think, 11 11 to 14 years. Um, So, you know, he's definitely paid his dues. And after I signed with my agent, as time went on, it just seemed like the best fit for me. And that's, you know, kind of to help break down the barrier of arena football. For folks who don't know, you know, a guy like Marvin Jones is now coaching in your league. Marvin Jones is one of the best defensive linemen to ever play college football. Um, But then you also look at guys like Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner played arena football. I believe he had a decent NFL career. Um, Last time I checked, being a Hall of Famer usually translates to decent. But, you know, I want to talk about (laughs) I want to talk more specifically, though, about, you know, your team, the Omaha Beef. You know, you guys, like we said, a very historic franchise around the Arena League itself, you know, being in the champions indoor. But I want to talk about you guys obviously won a championship last year. This is your rookie year, though, this year. Can you talk about what it's like coming into an atmosphere that has experienced that kind of success? Yeah, so um, right off the bat, Coach Jones, you know, with his background, He's, he expects a lot from you. Um, and we've got a lot of veterans on the team, especially on the defensive side of the ball from last year. Um, and they just got a, they got a standard. Um, and as a rookie, I'm just trying to do my job and, and catch up with these guys to make sure I can uphold that standard so that we can get back um, and hopefully repeat for a champion bowl this year. And that's, you know, I think people don't understand is, you know, you guys' league, I believe, was, you know, formed at a merger in 2014. But like we said, your guys' is you know, franchise has been around since 1999. So can you speak to some of the vets that you are playing with currently, how long maybe they've been with the franchise? Um, so the, the first one that pops into my mind, uh, is a guy named Chris Perry, we call him CP. Um, I think he's been with the team now for three years or so, but he's been playing, um, professionally for a really long time. He, uh, he originally started back, I think it was called arena one. And that's back when guys in the arena were making like still pretty good money. Um, and now, you know, he's been with the beef. Um, he's about, he's, 
is like in, in his early 30s. But we've got a couple guys on the team, a couple of vets that are that are also in that same age bracket um, and just have, have been all over the place, you know, had different, you know, maybe stints with NFL teams, went to tryouts or made it to training camps or just bouncing from different uh, professional leagues and teams. So we got a good nucleus, nucleus of guys, man. It's It's been fun. And, you know, obviously you guys are one of the more, you know, well-established teams in your league. But I want to talk about maybe some of the difference between arena to playing, you know, on an open field like you did in college. Um, obviously the field's shorter and there's this big wall that gets in the way that we were talking about. Can you kind of yeah. educate us on some of the differences between the arena and what you played in in college? Yeah, so the one thing that I do like about the, the smaller surface area is, as a defensive lineman, there's not nearly as much ground for me to cover, which is nice. Um, you know, us big boys, you know, we get tired. We don't like to run. We don't like to run too much. Um, and then, yeah, just the field is, it's like 50 by 27 instead of being like 110 by 53. So everything's a lot, you know, more condensed. It, ha it happens a lot. Everything happens a lot quicker. Um, and then, like you said, that wall, um, I've seen some dudes, you know, in my short time playing indoor get, absolutely demolished by that thing um like i said to you earlier man that wall is undefeated <laughs> and that's kind of you know watching some arena league you know and watching just some film of yours as well i liken what you're playing now to like giant oklahoma drill there is absolutely no way that you're going to avoid contact if you're on the field can you maybe speak to some physicality that you are now seeing at that level that maybe folks don't understand yeah, man, it's, I mean, obviously when you play in the trenches, you know, there's contact every play, but like you said, man, uh, it's basically like a giant Oklahoma drill and it's actually to preserve our running backs. They tell them, you know, when you, when you get a toss, it's designed technically to cut back up. You don't want it to go to the wall, obviously, because like I said, the wall's undefeated and it does not feel good getting smashed into that thing, man. Um, it's just, it's physical. Um, like in the NFL, there's a lot of different rules pertaining to, you know, protecting quarterbacks, big hits, you know, I mean, it, it matters now, you know, they pay attention to it, but as far, but for the most part, man, they, they kind of let us fly around. And that's, you know, I think, you know, for fans of the old school NFL who are used to seeing, you know, 1980s guys like Lawrence Taylor, just come and knock your head off leagues like yours offer a lot in that regard, as far as just, you guys hit, you come out and you hit each other in the mouth and it's just good, hard football. And I want to talk about some of the opportunities you have playing with the Omaha beef. You know, people think, well, if you're with the Omaha beef, is that, is that the pinnacle? Is that all that happens? But, you know, you and I were talking about some opportunities guys you've played with have had. Can you speak mm -hmm. to, you know, how opportunities like this, what, what else can come from them? Yeah, man. So there's guys on the team, like I said, that have had, you know, tryouts with the NFL. I've been to training camps. Um, There's a guy on the team last year that ended up getting signed by the BC Lions of the CFL, but unfortunately, um, due to COVID, wasn't able to report to camp. But yeah, man, I feel like there's a guys get a bad like stigma when it comes to you know arena ball or just different levels of, of professional uh, football. I feel like a lot of guys think if it's not you know CFL or NFL immediately, then that's it. Um, But it's it's not like that, man. Like we just had a guy um, today from our league get signed by the Ottawa Red Blacks, a quarterback. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely not a place that you go to die, so to speak, man. It's, it's a place for you to develop and, and eventually move up. And what I try to tell people, too, is you're getting a paycheck to play football. 
there's very few guys who get to play in college. There's even less who actually cash a check just from playing the game of football. So I don't care what league you played in. There's already some talent that goes into that. And, you know, I want to talk specifically about your position. You play on the D-line, specifically a D-end. You know, and on this show, we like to educate people. So I want to ask you specifically from your position, what are some, you know, maybe some players when you're scouting guys, who are some guys you like to watch to maybe refine tools or, you know, just grow your game? So um, immediately, I like to I like to watch the Bosa brothers. Um, you know, me being an Ohio boy um, and being a Buckeye at heart, uh, you know, those guys are they're close to home. So but they've been killing it in the NFL. Um, and I like to watch specifically, you know, their ball get off that in any level of college uh, of football as a defensive lineman, your get off is is paramount to you being successful. Um, and then just how they how they set up their moves, you know, what they do with their hands, what they're looking for. Um, actually, just yesterday, spent probably 30 minutes on YouTube just watching watching tape, looking at how they how they get off the ball, what they're looking for, their keys, you know, before they even engage with the with the man. Um, just stuff like that, just trying to refine my game. And, you know, I want to educate people, too. Now that you are a professional athlete, you are, you're, that is what you are doing for a living. Can you kind of educate us on what your week-to-week looks like as a pro athlete? It's obviously going to be somewhat different than a collegiate athlete. Obviously, no more school. I am sure you are elated about that. But Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, could you um, just speak to a little bit about what your day-to-day is like now? Yeah, so um, – we really honestly, we have a lot of free time. So we practice later in the evenings. So on Mondays, uh, that's, we're off on Mondays, um, which is nice. Um, we have to do like a, like a player appearance. We have a coach's show where coach Jones shows up um, and he, he kind of talks about the, the week previous and then what we got coming up and the players come and we kind of meet and greet some fans that show up. Um, and then Tuesday, that kind of really starts our, our work week. Um, you know, we hit the gym, We'll have meetings um, and then we practice later in the evening. And then by that time, you know, our, our day is kind of over. Um, and then we, you know, we'll go through that same kind of routine throughout the week. And then Friday hits, um, we do a walkthrough and then Saturday's game day. And it's different because, it, you know, in college, I would wake up and I would immediately jump straight into football because we would always play at one or two o'clock. Now, you know, kickoff is until six, seven o'clock. So I wait around all day and then I finally get to go to the arena and, you know, do warmups and stuff. And it just kind of seems like it takes so long just to get to game day. And so it's been different, but I like it. And that's, you know, I think we talked about the speed of the game. We talked about, you know, you, you mentioned the different time that you guys start versus what you might see in a college game. I was looking at some of these scores and you guys put up 80 points this year. I mean, Hey, it just the pace of play is so much quicker than you know even what you would see in another professional league like the CFL or NFL. Can you speak to maybe you know some of the we've talked about the physicality, but also the speed you see at that level? Yeah, man. So obviously we talked about you know the dimensions of the field with it being so small. Um, you know th- things happen just like that, man. And you know with the team we play for, we have a very high-powered offense, and you know you gain ten yards. That's like a third of the field almost. Um, so things just move really quick, man. I've seen, I've seen teams, you know, completely erase a three touchdown deficit in under a minute. It like it happens really fast, man. Um, it's just it's very different from from outdoor 
just in terms of just the space and how fast everything moves. You know, you obviously being on the D line, you get to you you're getting much more physical contact all the time. I want to transition though. We always like to give advice to high schoolers, you know, on this show, we really like to educate players. So I want to switch gears a little bit and, you know, I want to give you a scenario. Let's say you're, you have the opportunity to educate a high school defensive lineman, you know, he's decided, you know, I want to play D line at the next level, but they don't know where to start. What advice would you give them as far as like, maybe this is a move you need to focus on, or here are some areas of your game that you really need to work on if you want to be a D lineman at the next level. Well, I feel like first and foremost, before you actually even get onto the field, you've got to love the weight room. Um, you you have to be in the weight room and you can't you can't play in the trenches and and not be physically prepared. So I feel I feel like that that's where it starts. Um, but then kind of like how I was saying earlier, once you get on the field, man, really work in a get off. Like you can you're gonna win so much and you know, win half the battle just by getting getting off the ball fast. Um and then next, man, just get get a get a toolbox, get a array of moves that you do well. You don't need a ton, but you know you need some 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 first some first moves and then some good counters, man. And just rep them, rep them, rep them. Get really good at it. Um, and then you know eventually, as you get older, you get more experience. Just continue to add to your toolbox. You know, and you talked about having one specific move. A guy I always reference a ton is a guy like a Dwight Freeney. You know, Dwight okay. Freeney was a stud for the Colts for years. And if you really watch his film, it was one, maybe two moves. His spin move was what everybody knew. But sometimes he would just pass rush your outside shoulder, just complete speed rush it. And then after you kind of got used to the speed rush, then he'd hit you with the spin. You know, can you talk about maybe some moves that you have or that you're developing in your toolbox that maybe set you apart from other pass rushers? Yeah, so um, you're always taught attack half a man you know that's like the biggest thing that you like to focus on focus on as a defensive lineman um one thing that i've always been good at just kind of because i have longer arms um i've always been good at uh push pull and you can do that you know whether you're your head up it works well in the run game but i like to utilize it a lot when when guys are kind of setting back and they're not really shooting their hands um you know i either i hit them with a push pull or i like to transition into a bull rush and just try to condense the pocket as much as i can um, it's just about, you know, watching film, learn, knowing the guy across from you and knowing his tendencies and then just, you know, kind of working off of what he's giving you. You know, and I have just a couple more questions for you, Dana. Again, we thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure getting to talk to you. Um, oh, absolutely, man. I'm happy to be here. I just, you know, because you've made it to the pro level, you know, we, we see a ton of guys at the college level who want to keep playing, especially guys went to a small college like yourself they just want that opportunity a lot of them have the talent you know I've talked to so many guys who say I can do it you know you hear all the time well if he was 6'4 instead of 6'1 we would take a shot on him can you talk about you know what it takes to get from that collegiate level to the pro level and maybe what some of these small school guys need to understand or things that they could work on to help get themselves noticed um I think the biggest thing man uh is just being able to accept the fact that like you don't know everything and, and just being able to be coached. Um, and then the next thing I would say, man, is just, it just work really just work. Um, you know, get, get together some good film, uh, and just push yourself out there, man. That's what I did. That's literally what I did. Like I told you, I, 
up until I, I signed with an agent, man, I was doing a lot of my own grunt work. Um, that's initially how I got, got in contact with the Omaha Beef um, before I even signed with an agent. And even the way I got signed with my agent was also through me just networking on my own, doing, you know, doing the, the grunt work. Um, really just being persistent, man, not, not giving up because you're going to get, you're going to get told no. You know, that's, that's a part of, it's a part of life. And especially this business where everything is, you know, opportunities are so few and far between, you're going to have to get used to no. And eventually just, you know, if, if you have the talent and you put in the work, that persistence, I feel like is eventually going to pay off because it did for me. Um, and if I can make it, I feel like anybody can. You know, and we end every episode with advice to a high schooler. So I want to give you the opportunity to, let's say you're talking to a high school recruit coming out. They didn't get the offers they wanted, or maybe right now they don't have any offers. What would you tell them advice wise, you know, whether it be to get to the next level or even life after football as well? Um, I guess what I would say to a kid that, um, that maybe hasn't gotten any looks or anything, um, just continue to work, man. Uh, don't, don't become discouraged. At the end of the day, like, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, those stars by, by those guys' name, they don't, they don't mean that much. I mean, it looks nice and it, it's, it's fancy. But at the end of the day, like, you work, you're going to – someone's going to find you. That's exactly what happened to me. Like I told you, I didn't even know if I was going to continue to play college football, man. Um, and then as far as life after football, that's hard for me to speak on because I'm, I'm currently still in it. Um, so uh, I'll have to come back for another podcast and maybe talk about that later on down on the road. But, uh, yeah, man, just – just being consistent and not giving up, not getting discouraged with, oh, I don't have any looks or, you know, maybe they're, they're not willing to take a chance on me because of my size. I, I don't, I would say just don't listen to any of it, man. And that's, you know, Dana, for one, you're definitely going to have to come back on because I, I see big things in your future. I definitely see, you know, you talked about, you know, stepping stones and opportunities for other leagues. You're, you're going to have to come back on and just update us for one. I mean, Absolutely. We're all going to want to know, especially as you get more opportunities, where life has taken you. And we're all going to be excited to follow along. I want to, you know, end the show with, you know, I want to turn the mic over to you. You know, is there where can we watch your guys' league? Is there opportunities for us fans, you know, maybe back in Ohio to watch? You know, can you give us some ideas on where we can, you know, not only see you personally play, but also see your whole league? Yeah, so we have an app. Um, it's called the CIF Network. It's available on uh, like the Google Play Store, you know, Android, iPhone. If you have Roku TV, you can get it on there. Um, basically any platform, but yeah, it's super simple. Um, you just download the app and the games are usually just right there and you just pick which one you want to watch. Um, and that's really how, you know, my family and friends from back home and all my teammates, you know, just from all different parts of the country, that's how their families and friends watch the games. And folks, I'm telling you, if you haven't watched a game, you got to check one out. When we talk about pace of play and speed, I mean, this isn't soccer where we may only see a goal a game. Folks, he, his team scored 80 points earlier this year. I mean, you don't see that in the NFL anymore. Dana, we thank you for coming on today, man. Folks, that's all we got for you guys today. Like I always tell you guys, rate, subscribe, and review to the podcast. But until next time, we'll see you guys later. Have a good one. 